Hello and welcome to the Oh My God podcast season two with myself, Zelda Volkov Lebowitz, and my co-host, Hannah Rachel Cohen Portnoy. In season one, the podcast aimed to talk about success in the face of failure, modern Judaism, and real life. Season two will deliver that same message, but even more potently. Myself and Hannah Rachel have individually and collectively been challenged by the Jewish system we grew up in. Through our evolution, through our questions, our failures, mistakes, and heartbreaks, we have begun to untangle much of what was keeping us in survival mode so that we could truly be set free to thrive. This is what we'll dissect each week with you. The journey, the Jewish journey, real, raw, and vulnerable, because that is the only thing that can truly change lives and maybe even save them. You're just one episode away from being more honest with yourself. Come on and listen. Hello, Hannah Rachel. Hi, Zaldi. <laughs> we talked about doing this kind of Zoom um, session or podcast for a while now. So it's cool that we're actually culminating this entire season with this kind of episode. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Exactly. It's so exciting. We've never done this before, actually, just me and you talking on zoom i mean we've we talking on the podcast like we've oh we've done we've done so much work together but over the years but this is exciting and even though we've interviewed and had conversations with a lot of people together this is fun i like it yeah we always have so many interesting conversations and we're like we should be recording this this would be amazing if it was recorded raw real vulnerable you know everything we love to talk about Exactly. I know. So much so much has happened since those days. I remember we used to say it a lot in the salon. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, I actually was thinking how, like, you know, we had a goal um, in regard to this specific season um, and bringing light, bringing the light of Hashem to, like, everybody's life, you know, all our listeners, and understanding that challenge and bitterness is part of the process. And being in acceptance of that is, like, such a powerful way to function because when there's gratitude and understanding that everything that God does is for the good, we can let go, you know, um, and we can join the flow and join the process and be along for the ride instead of resisting everything that comes into our life and thinking that we're in control, you know, and that was kind of like the theme. And we had a little bit of, uh, we talked about it a lot in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel like it's it's first of all yeah like the theme of the uh, of the of the podcast is really about challenges like you said and often like that's the first thing that people don't want to talk about you know it's like even talking for myself it's not something that you ever really want to focus on uh the failures the mistakes the you know it's you deny that sometimes and just you know put on your fresh face and and march along but I mean, at least for me, like it's something that I've been learning is that the more we accept it, whether it's something in currently or it's something in the past um, is really, like you said, it's like this idea, it, it's an illusion when we could think that we could just deny it or pretend it's not there, but actually embracing it, accepting it and bringing it to light is how we could actually learn from it and dissolve that challenge and see how it's all by design, hopefully. Sometimes we don't see right away or even ever why why we have to go through certain things. Um, and, you know, it's like, there's so many different transitions, so many different in life, 
you know, so many different, um, you know, parts of ourselves that need to be like, I would say like questioned or um, get just get curious with, like, I know for myself, like getting um, in my own journey of just changing, like moving from Crown Heights to Florida, then moving here upstate, upstate, it's really upstate where, where I am, so different, you know, just even like those transitions on like that level. And then the transition of like all my single years, like after divorce, being a single mom, that was a transition and then getting remarried. And that's a transition, just like so many parts of me that have to like need new, like I need reinventing all the time, like a, a reinventing of myself. It's um, like you need a new lens for all this, all these new experiences because everything is really perspective and like, it's a whole new experience and it's yeah. like learning a new language really. Exactly. And just within that takes time, takes patience, takes effort. Yeah. And I think it's so easy for people to think that everything's magical, that like, yay, it happened. You know, yeah. it's like whatever, whether it be a transition, a new job, new marriage, new, whatever it is, new friendship, even like things take time to adjust. Things take time to settle and being okay with that is a really big part of this. I think that like, it's so easy and I think so typical human to think that magic happens like I said and like everything just falls into place naturally but it actually takes our own effort and our own work to make that experience a beautiful one and it's funny when we think oh it just happens like they just have luck or they or it's just so easy for them it's funny that we even think that because we know for ourselves like in our own reality it's not so magical like it takes application it takes action it takes determination it's a choice like everything is a choice but I think that the 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 way that I've been dealing throughout all these transitions is really like first by accepting and embracing the fact that this requires me to reinvent myself in this manner like for so long I was like resisting the fact that this is this requires uh like a uh reinventing like I, I didn't like that idea of what does that mean like what do you mean I'm a different person I'm a different like no I'm the same like, I always kind of wanted to like stay the same maintain the same you know like status or maintain the same perspective and really I was resisting from evolving in, in some some capacity even though I consider myself someone that is a growth oriented person but I really was resisting that transition or resisting that change when really what it required me to do is to say wow this is a totally new life this is a totally new relationship this and not even within my with my husband with myself with my children with Hashem um every every new stage and in my case like a new marriage and a new hometown and a new home and a new everything required me to really shed layers that weren't serving me anymore um and parts of myself that I was so eager to hold on to yeah I think what's so powerful what I'm hearing which is something that like we often do is that even as an evolving human being we still change within the realm of what's comfortable for us and it's really learning to push past that experience of what's actually not comfortable for us and that's where we can shine. Right. And I'm speaking for myself that like, I know it's hard for me to evolve or change or adapt 
in certain areas, like social media, for example, like social media is so hard for me. I don't love to get on there. I don't love to participate in lives. I don't love to like, I don't love to expose myself. I don't love to share. I'm, I'm a, somewhat of a private person. And just being in that on that platform makes is very vulnerable for me and very uncomfortable. And I know like I have so many friends that are so familiar and comfortable with it, or even if they're not comfortable with it, they just do it anyhow. And it's like, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, it's kind of like roller coasters. I don't like roller coasters and like no matter. And, and growing up, everyone's like, just go on like pen and then you're going to love it. No, I still don't love roller coasters. No matter how many roller coasters I've been on, I still don't like roller coasters, but it's funny because I feel like, again, that's me. Like, okay, obviously roller coasters is a certain example, but I'm saying like, there could be things that I may not like, but I may do over and over again. And actually immersion therapy, boom, I'll love it. And I'll be an expanded human, but we really push ourselves in the way that we're comfortable pushing ourselves. So it's like, what are the areas in my life that I could be 5% better in that I'm, that I'm not allowing myself really to grow and not allow myself really to evolve in those areas. And I think that would be interesting for me to even like dabble in, you know? Very interesting. Um, I mean, I try. Yeah, you do try. I, I mean, at least from my perspective, what, what I know you to be. And also it requires like a real sense of being honest with oneself, because ultimately, if we if we really are committed to our evolution, then we know that staying wherever we are in our comfort or whatever is not uh, the road towards that, you know, and as much as we want to evolve, it requires those types of little steps. And it doesn't have to be. These for every person it's different though that's a thing i i am evolving of course because yeah. i'm somebody that's always developing and always working on myself but it's like i'm evolving in the way that i'm comfortable with and maybe even that alone is good you know like i don't have to be hard on myself and like, good, like push myself to greater heights that i think are the greater norm but like it's not for me you know exactly and ultimately just because it's what's normal or what what's common or what people around us are doing. It doesn't mean that that's necessarily for you. You know, it just means that, okay, social media is one. I'm giving an example. Like you said, social media is one way, one approach. You know, there's so many other approaches, even though obviously the world, most of the world is on social media, but there are so many um, different ways rather than just like posting yourself on like live Instagram lives, like there's this podcast, there's one-on-one conversations that happen online. So there's so many different things, but, um, and like you said, everyone does want to remain comfortable in, in one way or another. Um, but I think that what, like what I was referring to also is like just this shift. Like I was so used to for so many years running this like big business, we were traveling together, like all over the world we're really running our own show you know like when you're in a relationship there's oh all of a sudden i have to consider this other individual and it doesn't mean i don't want to it's just different totally different than running my own show and doing what i want to do when i want to do it and how i want to do it um it's not like i can't just like decide oh tomorrow i want to be in paris um and let's go you know even though technically I'm a free person. I could do whatever I want, but there has to be this interconnection. Consideration. Yeah. Consideration, really. And concessions too that have to be made the same way we want to uh, the other person to to compromise towards us or come towards us and become more agreeable to, towards our needs. There's this dance of interconnection, which is a transition when you're, you know, single for many years. 
And I think that that's something, and besides even the relationship, even just me and myself, like when I look in the mirror in the morning and I'm like, oh, what, what do I have today to do? Um, you know, it's so different than what I used to be doing, whether even when I was living in Florida, I would run in the morning, I would do like all these different activities just to get myself excited. I would have my clients, I'm running my own show on the beach in Florida. Whereas now it's like, what do I have today? I'm going to, you know, have my, my client sessions, but I'm upstate New York in the forest, you know, and it took a while for me to like be comfortable with this. Like for, for a while, I would say that I was resisting that this is it. This is my new reality. And it's not because this reality is bad. I, I, there are so many aspects that I'm so grateful for and I love it, but it's also different. It's not the fast paced New York or even Miami on the beach. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, I've entered this new realm of mom, wife um, in suburbia, you know? Mm, totally. And what an opportune time to talk about it, like in the month of Elul, when... This is like an it's a special opportunity. I remember last year Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur we were together. No, I remember you, you had that. Was that Rosh Hashanah where you were supposed to be on a farm and then? No, that was a few years ago. But last year we were together in Muncie. That was Yom Kippur for sure. That was Yom Kippur. That was Yom Kippur. We were in Pomona. Remember? We were in Pomona, right? Sister-in-law. Um, that was really beautiful. Um, but it's a real time of transformation of taking, you know, of of looking inward, of introspection, of understanding like where we're at. I remember last year, Rosh Hashanah, I was like, Hashem, let's go. Make it happen for me this time. Come on, you know. That's very and, powerful. That's amazing. It, it really I've been really contemplating on uh on words and 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 language and our connection to creation and creating. And I've been really thinking how like last year, Rosh Hashanah, I was really talking to God from like the depth of my soul. And I really, really believe in the power of words and that we actually create our reality. We create whatever it is that we want. We actually make manifest whatever it is we're talking about, wherever we put our focus. And I think the power of prayer is so important because we're actually speaking whatever it is into existence. And I think it's something that people take for granted or people don't think about or growing up or brought up with this, like tefillah, it's just tefillah. But like, if we take the time to read, um, you know, the words, or if we, you know, in English, or if we understand, you know, there's different sedurim that have like meditation on the side and like to understand that the words were compiled for us, for our benefit, for our growth, for our expansion, for our connection. Um, and it's, it's so powerful. And then even to take that, our language and speak to Hashem from our own words in our own words. And it's like, it's really been very eye opening to me to understand the power that as human beings, that us as human beings that we have. And um, I really, I'm, I'm curious what's going to come, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to prepare a little bit more for this Rosh Hashanah. So like, what, what do I want to share? What do I want to talk about? What do I want to ask for? You know, and even just this month, Elo, like Hashem is in the field. What does it mean to me? You know, it's like, I'm not even necessarily, I'm, it's like not even about going out to the field. It's like turning inward. Hashem's right here inside of me. What do I want? How do I want to show up in this world? You know, and it's just really been sort of simmering around our conversations in the home and, um, you know, with in, with my thoughts in general. That's really powerful. And uh, the idea about co-creating it's such a huge privilege and responsibility and also just like 
a huge power that we have because it almost feels like it's not true or it almost feels like it's too fantastical, too magical that we actually create with our words or even just create with our consciousness, like creating oh, what sure. we focus on. And it's so true because at the end of the day, it's like lots of things are going on at the same time, right? Like there's there's a whole system of trees here. There's like a whole, you know, they were having this conversation. There's so many things going on. But the thing is that when we focus on it and it becomes like, our note that we're focusing on we literally expand it so when people say like oh no you know like or even when i get into a victim mindset and i'm focusing on the negative the negativity is literally expanding and that's my creation i'm i'm creating it when meanwhile at the same exact time there's also all of this positive that's mm-hmm. happening and it's not less or more than the negative and it's really just a matter of what we're focusing on it. And I think that this is really actually very appropriate for Rosh Hashanah because it's this idea of, you know, like when we ask for forgiveness before Rosh Hashanah and when we're um, trying to make amends with people, it's really the idea that when we focus on someone, even how much they hurt us or how much they annoy us or whatever, when we really focus on their good and their peace of God that's in them just as much as within us, we focus on that good, even though they're annoying and bad and horrible in all other ways, we're actually expanding, we're creating, we're helping expand their goodness. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that's very useful, you know, at least for me, before Shoshana to consider, you know, as much as it's true that people are people and they're human and they make, they make mistakes and they hurt and they do all that, we could actually help ourselves and them expand their goodness by focusing on their good traits. Yeah, well, for forgiveness, it happens within us. It's an internal process. It's not about forgiving somebody else for them, although energetically it naturally affects them. So, yeah, I love what you're sharing because if we see the good in all humans, regardless of the stories behind whatever our feelings are attached to, um, that will really, yeah, manifest a positive energy. And I think you know, just like you're talking about that from perspective of humans, but in general, I think when we focus on the lacking and we focus on what we don't have in our life, we are creating this energy around a state of lacking, as opposed to when we focus on gratitude and we focus on, um, you know, all the good that we have in our life and all the positivity that we have in our life, we're creating this level of energy that's just positive all around and we are manifesting positivity and growth and expansion and our husbands or our wives or our money or our love or our jobs, whatever it is that a person is seeking out, you know? So yeah, it's true. I I love, I love what you're sharing. And I think it's important to really focus on the good in every individual and really, and in ourselves, because I think like, as human beings, we're often our worst enemy and our biggest critic and we're hard on ourselves. And it's like the narrative is a negative narrative. And we have to remain in a state of, I'm in control of my thoughts. You know, as we learned growing up in Chabad, like the mind controls the heart. So I'm in control of my thoughts and what I think and what I do affects what I do and affects how I feel. And if I have a positive narrative and a positive message of even a negative experience, I still could create positivity from it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy though. Like I would say that like the thing that stops me the most when I get into those rut, like 
sometimes I'm, I'm doing amazing and I'm feeling great and I'm feeling positive. And in general, I think that I definitely aim and I'm definitely more directed towards the positive, but then sometimes I'm in like a really negative space, you know, energetically. And, and I think that when I'm in that, what really keeps me in there is almost like this addiction to the, the negative. Like I've noticed it. It's like, I know that all I have to do to like everything to be bright and glorious and full of sunshine is like literally to step outside of this darkness. It's almost like a physical thing. Like I almost like feel like all I have to do is like step on those ladders and decide everything's positive or focus on the positive and everything. And it's almost like, it's really the eights are hard. I really, you know, I really believe it. It's like, like almost like I don't want to. Cause like, if I'm going to go up that ladder and step into the sunshine, it's like, then then that means I have to leave this little cozy corner of everything is shit and everything. And then what does that mean if I have to leave it? I actually have to do stuff. I actually, when I'm in the positive, I'm doing, I'm productive, I'm inspiring, I'm learning. Um, you know, there's just so much doing in the sunshine and not even just doing, even being, but, but by being, we're also just creating. And sometimes it's just like, no, it's like, and it's also like, so we're so influenced. So if we're in an environment or just the news or people or just whatever it is that we are in is negative, it's so easy to just fall into that trap. Right, right. I mean, for me, when I get into a bad head space or I'm not feeling good, I kind of just like take a leave of absence a little bit, you know, like I feel like I try to be compassionate on myself and I still like I'm not showing up for a little bit, meaning it's okay not to always be on and it's okay not to always do and focus on like creating. And I'm, I mean, I know you're a much bigger doer than I am, but I like to like take the time and be like, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to take some time to myself and it's okay to journal for a while and to go for a walk and to nourish myself in a way that feels right for me. And of course, there's always, you know, avenues and tools that we have to like get out of a negative thinking or a negative pattern. And like, we talk about this all the time is like, it's not about not falling because we are all human yeah. and we'll all fall, but it's about being okay with falling. And it's how quickly can we get back up? So if we, like you said, I love that it's like, you're like, it's like literally this physical shell that I'm in that I just have to walk out of. It's like actually that easy when it's like, when we're talking about it in words, obviously in the moment, it's much harder, but like, yeah, you, we all know what to do in those moments. And you know? I actually and it, feel like it's, it's even that easy in reality for me. Like I, I actually noticed it. Cause it happens even like a few times a day where like, I'm fine. I'm doing well. I'm productive. And I feel good every time I'm doing something that's, that's in alignment with my values and in yes. ways I'm contributing to the world, I feel good. And then something will trigger me or irritate me or annoy me. And I literally feel myself like, okay, am I going to get stuck in here or am I going to jump out? And it's exactly like you said, it's about, we're always going to get annoyed or triggered or irritated. It's about how fast we get back up. And sometimes I literally don't want to. And yeah. I think that like, that's what it means that we are our biggest enemy. Yeah. Because it's like almost like, you know, it's crazy. I was, I was not crazy. It was, I was just listening to this podcast and this by Steven, he's amazing. And he was interviewing um, this amazing guy, Mo Gadat. Um, and he was basically explaining the idea of neuroplasticity, how we could change our brain. So he was saying like, imagine like you call the operator and you're telling her, uh, could you connect me to my mother? And he's, he connects you to your mother. Eventually every single day, 
you're calling the operator to call your mother. Eventually, he's just going to connect you automatically. He's not okay. going to ask you, like, are you sure? Whatever. He's like, that's the same thing with our brains. Like, if you do something every day, your brain is just going to automatically connect you there. So when we think of positive things, when we think of gratitude, when we think of appreciation, good in other people, you know, good in our husbands, it automatically, our brain ends up automatically trying to find the good rather than needing us to say, okay, let's find the good. And it's really just a matter of practicing it. So every time I fall into this trap, I'm like, okay, I obviously have not done it so consistently where my brain is immediately getting me there. Like I'm still in that like addictive victim where I fall, you know, I fall into that trap, obviously, because if I were, it's like when you wake up and you have your habits that you do like mindlessly. Joe Joe Dispenda talks about this a lot. Actually, I did a a breathwork exercise with him from him this morning. And you want to reprogram by thinking about something positive to transform the way our brain is conditioned to behave to the way, the new way of living that you're choosing, you're looking for. So it's actually like pretty intense, um, but it's, it's interesting. And Sounds very powerful. There's so many, yeah, there are so many tools to transform the way we were versus the way we want to be. And I'm trying different things, you know, because... No, breathing is amazing. But Joe Dispenza is, 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 yeah, he's really, really good. I think it's really, I think it's, that's what it is. I think it's just creating these habits where it's not just like, for me, I'm saying like, I, I could go meditating for a few months at a time and then I'll fall out of that or waking up early and I'll fall out of it. And then it becomes just like these pockets of times when I'm really good. And then other pockets of times when I'm like just binging and sleeping late and going out and not doing good. So it's like, what I'm trying to do is really creating this system and this lifestyle where it's so consistent, where it just becomes me. It's not something I have to try so hard. I really feel like that's where success is. Not in the sense that there's like a a meet like a, a a barometer of like a dollar amount or a feeling that I'm gonna feel when I'm saying I just feel like that's where I'm gonna feel this real sense of equilibrium is when it's consistent. And obviously I know that I could enter this state of calm or presence and equilibrium right now. And it's really every moment is a new opportunity where I could do it. But I do think that there's something to be said of a consistent lifestyle. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that that's, I think that's my Russian. That's like a a chassid. That's really a chassid ultimately, because really a chassid is someone that's constantly striving for higher and constantly striving to be in a state where they're fully connected to Hashem and immersed in their purpose here in this world. And like, what does Hashem want of me today? You know? And it's like, we function from that place. And it's like that natural, like, oh, yes, this is what I'm doing. I'm waking up in the morning and I'm flowing with what my purpose is. That's like such a powerful way of living. I think that um, something cool to do, which I had done like a couple years back, which I just redid again, is write down a list of like five to 10 things that feel 100% aligned with my soul, my soul purpose, and that those are must-dos throughout the day. And if I do those things, I know going to sleep at night, I feel like, wow, I accomplished like a tremendous amount, you know, because, and, and they should really be across the spectrum of like spiritual connection and connection with family. So relationship oriented, connected to work or, you know, financial success connected to, um, 
ourselves, physical health. And so that really just gives me a clear, um, like a clear tool that I'm able to use to know that, wow, I feel really alive during my day. And it also keeps me very present and grounded because I'm able to tap into those, those things at any moment that I feel like a little bit, I'm like, okay, you know, for me, I love to dab in, right? So it's like, I feel a bad, like something, something feels like off, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dab in now. Like I'm going to do mincha or I'm going to say something to him or whatever, something, you know, because yeah. that just gives me the sense of like grounding and connection and, or call my mom or call a friend or to go for a walk or journal, like all these little things, take a bath, go to the spa, you know? Yeah. I love that. Those and it helps you with your husband on Nefesh at night. That way you could just be like, oh, what did I not do? Or what did I do? What um, do I need better tomorrow? Yeah. And how could tomorrow be better? Exactly. And I think this is a great conversation to be had before the new year, because this is really the time when we're trying to figure out like how, what, what kind of new year do we want? Where have we, you know, maybe um, mishandled um, ourselves or situations and it's really something we really just need to be honest with ourselves. For you sure. Know? For sure. I want to share something else because I think it's so important as human beings and as Jews, we are, you know, it's, we're prone to guilt. And I think that it's so important not to stay in that place, stay in a place of guilt. And I think that's how we're able to like jump back to a place of serenity and focus. Um, and I remember, you know, she was on our podcast, Ani Lipids, like one year I was listening to her. She has these, like, she has a, a broadcast on, on WhatsApp and she had like sent a blurb out of Yom Kippur and she was talking about, um, about free choice and how it's connected to Yom Kippur. And, and she was sharing that everything that happened in the past is exactly what was meant to be for us and exactly part of our journey, like to the T, like that's what Hashem predestined for us. Everything from now going forward is our choice. And we have to make the right choice. We have to make the soul choice, you know? I mean, don't quote me verbatim, but it was right. like, that's what no, I took from that, it. Yeah. That we are at an opportune time, Arab Rosh Hashanah, and every day in our life to make a choice. Am I doing the correct thing? Am I staying in my own lane? Am I, am I, am, am I living and thriving? And, and do I feel 100% aligned with who I am, with what my purpose is? And asking ourselves these questions and having, like you said, honest conversations with ourselves to really know what is right for me, you know? And that's like important. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not always super connected and we don't always want to be super connected. And like, sometimes we want to stay in a place of like, eh, I don't want to do the right thing. And I just, this is what I'm feeling right now, but know that there's always an opportunity to grow from that experience and that we can do make a different choice the next time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that most of us, like when we are not connected to our power or our purpose, it's really more about the fact that less about the fact that we don't care or that we just want to be like in a negative mindset. And I think it's more about the fact that we're just so removed from what this life living of purpose is than it is about like just not being interested or not wanting to do good. And I think that as long as we bring it into our, our present moment, this reality that we could be thriving and we could be contributing to society and we could be living our soul signature and our purpose and like really making sure we bring it into our 
energy space every single day to actually bring it closer because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to just be influenced by everything else that's going on physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, that we forget um, about our soul and we don't nourish it. And Rabbi Torsky, he, he said it really well. He said, just like, you know, when you're vitamin um, D deficient, like, or if you, if you're low on iron or whatever, you're, you're going to have certain symptoms. He's like, when your soul is deficient with nourishment, you're going to have lower energy. You're going to be so much more prone to different influences. It's just a reaction to the fact that you are not nourishing your soul. So I think that more than like me trying to be like, oh, don't be bad. Don't be negative. Don't, don't, don't go partying. Don't do it more than like trying to abstain from the negative, which is important. But I think that at least for me, like I want to just be focusing more on bringing it towards my future, bringing in um, my, the positive of what I could contribute and what I'm here for, bringing it more closer to my reality so that it's something that I'm so connected to rather than like just easy to forget. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a much better life to be proactive. Um, then have to live, have to like run after your own what or like running after your own tail you know it's yeah like, yeah or rationalize the why we didn't do what we did you know what right. we what the why we didn't do whatever it is that we would like yeah. to be doing you know yeah and it's hard it, it's hard like at least this is what I'm experiencing it's hard to stay motivated like wake up early go to sleep early like stay motivated when it's the success of what I'm doing is far removed from me. It's so much easier. Like if someone already like is just booming, like booming at it, like everything is going well, whatever they touch is golden and they have tons of followers and have tons of viewers and they have tons of businesses and they have tons of money. And they're really, you know, when someone's in it, it's like easy for us to understand. Like, yeah, obviously like he wakes up at 5 a.m. Obviously he goes to sleep at there. Like he, have, he has all this going on and it's so hard to act as if you have all that going on when you don't and still putting one foot in front of the other in the direction of that success when it's not there yet. And I think that that's the key of what keeps regular people away from the people that are actually in that realm of abundant success is that they were doing all this quiet work on their own when no one knew about knew their existence. They weren't famous at that point. Or yeah, yeah. and it's not even about the game, but it's about the the creation of what they're what they're doing. They had determination regardless of whether people knew of them, whether right. they were a special business or not. They just they trusted were. the future. Yeah, I remember there was this business guy years ago in Crown Heights. He had built a pretty successful business, and I remember he had told me he's like in the early days when I he's like before when I was just starting my business, he was working in a bagel shop, and he was like, I used to come at five a.m. and open the bagel shop. He was built, and he ended up building this big, big business, super successful business. He's like back in the day, he's like when before we were anything, he's like I was late, I was up super early, and I was slaving away for someone else. Right. While I was trying to build my own successful business, you know, and it's like, it's like an illusion that there is success without effort and success right. without failure. And, and it doesn't mean that we have to slave away in, in, in a suffering way where, where we're not, we're just like, oh, like this is going to get me somewhere. Like, obviously we want to make sure that we're working smart and we're, yeah. you know, but ultimately Anything that we're we're doing and experiencing, if we're actually getting trained in a process or whatever, even if we're not going to use that in the end, that stays with us. You know, it's like two people who are taking a test and one person just aces it 
and doesn't even remember the test because it was just so easy for them. And the other person that got the same grade as the other one, but actually had to work on it. Like that person actually learned strategies. They learned tools. They actually gained something because it took them a while to get there. And I think that that's what stays with us. So it's not necessarily like the fact that he woke up at 5 a.m., even if he doesn't work in a bagel shop anymore, those were, he was exercising the muscle, working hard and showing up no matter what. For sure. For sure. And that he definitely benefited from that later on in life, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So how should we end this, this special episode? Hmm. Any last thoughts? I mean, it was, it was, it was definitely a challenge. I was going to say, it was definitely a challenge for me to be on this podcast all together. So uh, pushing myself, you know, to just show up in this space was um, definitely an experience. Um, Yeah. And I I give you a lot of credit for encouraging me to do it. Thank you very much. Um, And I always like to say thank you to Hashem for giving me opportunities, you know, all the time in any capacity and um i'm grateful to all the listeners and everyone that shared positive feedback and um i love yeah, that this I has love been that. beautiful and thanking all of our guests that that were able to come on and contribute and share such Definitely. wisdom um really makes our podcast that great yes and we hope to bring you guys more amazing guests in the future. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much for listening. And also, if you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to leave a good review and subscribe and share it with your friends because this is what will help us do more such podcasts in the future. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> Let me stop recording one second over. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Oh My God podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. If this spoke to you, please share the episode with someone you believe would love it just as much as you did. And rate the podcast five stars so we can continue to make content like this for you. If you have a question, suggestion, or interview request, shoot us an email to omgpod at gmail.com. That's omgpod spelled O-H-E-M-G-E-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Until then, shalom. shalom.